Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I am Damian Gibson, and joining me is the man who only walks in the Valley of Kayfabe. It's the mystery. It's the enigma. It's Matthew. How are you doing, brothers, dudes, big stinky giants? <laughs> oh, man. We, uh, we've got a marathon episode to get through. Um this is our Halloween Havoc um, special, Halloween Havoc 1995, I should say. Um, I think we should we should just get. I think we should just get into this. Um, I'm so excited was to that we finally talk- get here. I know. I, this. Um, I'll, let's just go. Let's just go through it. Beat for beat, um, please. But yeah, I. I genuinely, I genuinely <laughs> enjoyed this. I um I attempted to try and watch this like three or four times during the the week, and uh, I had a quite a busy week. Even though we're still locked down in Melbourne, I'm not sure how that's happening. It feels like there's some sort of Doctor Who TARDIS type thing happening in my life, um, <laughs> where like I just live outside of space and time. But anyway, um, so I tried to watch this uh on three separate occasions, other than the time I watched it all the way through, and so. And I kept falling asleep. So I've seen this first match between <laughs> Johnny V. Bad and Diamond Dallas Page four times this week. Um, Which you would have seen and has four it... times anyway. <laughs> it's, it's completely left myself open for this. Um, well, look, I know what WCW management have known for a long time is that Johnny V. Bad is a top guy. And they have finally put some gold on him to recognise that fact because he's the world's television champion. If that's what you've taken from this uh, match, then the Johnny B. Bad's a top guy. I am deeply shocked. (laughs) He did. He did win. Yes, he won. But that doesn't mean he's a top guy. Well, he's got a belt, man. So the way I (laughs) see it is... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Which is now the only thing that DDP doesn't Steam. have. 
Yeah, well, as far as I see, it's Hulk Hogan, Sting, Johnny B. Bad. That's the top three of WCW right now. That's, I mean, look, you that's don't, you don't... what they're putting forward, <laughs> I guess. it's <laughs> Strictly, like, if, you, if you're a strict Jim Cornette kind of wrestling fan, that's exactly what WCW is saying right now. The three guys with the belts are the top guys. <laughs> Johnny B. Bad's why... one of those top guys. And this is why people suspect that 1995 might be the worst year for wrestling. I, look, you know what? I will stick up for Johnny B. Bad. He's not that bad, man. Like this, this match was all right. You could, you could genuinely. Uh, I mean, Diamond Dallas Page is the star here with these two like up against each other. I mean, it's. I suppose you've kind of got like. Uh, confirmation bias a little because you know what happens with ddp down the track but th- this was fine for an opening match it wasn't embarrassing like the guys can wrestle um i think uh johnny b bad is okay on camera there was like a a little scene with mean gene later on that i actually thought it was like kind of touching in a way i i first of all you can't say that johnny b bad isn't bad when being bad is his name no, but bad is like badass. <laughs> it's not bad like bad at wrestling. <laughs> He's got the worst self-esteem of any wrestler ever. <laughs> you know me, Johnny be bad every time he fucking <laughs> flubs in the, in the ring. <laughs> Johnny be getting better. That's a bad joke. <laughs> and not a badass no, joke. I like it. Bad. You made me snort, so... You made me snort, so that's the seal of that's the seal of quality there. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have anything to add uh, on top of my? my I think uh, just for the most part, uh, this episode is going to be me not having a whole lot to add until I've got a whole lot to add. Right at the end, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, the first half of this pay per view. I mean, a lot is kind of happening but there isn't really much that we can add i would suggest so johnny b johnny b bab wins this match against diamond dallas page diamond dallas page and his uh his buddy wardlow essentially i can't think of his name is it max muscle maniac mike or something like that max muscle that's right um it's very reminiscent of mjf and wardlow uh but bad uh, they're about to have a feud of some description. The Diamond Doll is still confusing the fuck out of me as a character. I don't get it. It drives me insane. I don't understand. She goes, like, she's with Diamond Dallas Page. But there was, oh, actually, there was a new wrinkle in this story, which they had kind of mentioned before, but I don't think we've spoken about on the podcast. It's the, the millions of dollars that Diamond Dallas Page has won. He, like, won the lottery. <laughs> I, I have Do not you know picked up on this. <laughs> they mentioned it a couple of times on the on the. I only met, like because I've watched it seventeen times this week. I picked up on it. <laughs> There's a storyline that things changed around. Diamond Dallas Page was terrible, and he was a terrible wrestler. And things only picked up for him after he won the lottery. And so that, and I assume that's where like the diamond and all that and the cigar and everything is coming from. Is that from? how they like, explain the fact he's that he's guy? sort of an older guy that just hasn't been involved in wrestling? Maybe, yeah. But then they were also saying on the pay-per-view that they there's rumours that it's the Diamond Dolls money that she won the lottery. <laughs> but that makes no sense because why she seems so unhappy 
So why wouldn't she just leave? Also, like, she has been named after him. Like, it's not like the Diamond Doll can go and, like, be with Johnny Be Bad. She's not She's not the Be Bad, be bad, be bad oh, God, I think something just happened then. The Be Bad Doll. <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> She's not the Johnny doll, Crandall. She could be, and she should be. Look, I mean, she should. Everyone should hitch their wagon to Johnny Bad. I think he's going to be the big wrestler of the next ten years. But anyway, there was that new wrinkle. But Macho Man beat Zodiac so quickly in the next match. There's literally nothing to say about well, this match. Like, there's a storyline. I would say Sorry, that it, this actually went longer than it should have because a fan obviously uh, ran into the ring, and so Macho Man and Zodiac get out of the ring, and oh, there is no that, way yeah. this match was meant to go. I think it must go for a minute and a half, and it was obviously meant to go for thirty seconds. Yeah, like the guy looked initially. I was like, "Oh, who's this wrestler jumping out of the crowd?" But no, and you like, I don't know if you noticed that like Macho Man kept looking over at like the twelve support staff that obviously beating the <laughs> shit out of this guy, and he just looked like he wanted in so bad, you know, because <laughs> there is that like wrestler sort of law. I've heard almost every wrestler that I like or dislike say it in some shape or form of like. You cross that barrier, you cross that line, you're fair game, which I don't think that like would hold up in a court of law, but um, it <laughs> seems to be the way wrestlers go about their business. No, that's insane person behaviour and an insane person thought process. But, you know, it's sort of, I mean, macho is macho madness. Yeah, but I've heard like Stone Cold and, and, and Triple H and stuff say the same thing. Like, it, I feel like it's an old school, you know, like thing that you get taught as like a wrestler you know what i mean it's like if one of those like if a mark crosses the line you stomp his head in basically oh well that's i mean it's just a general idea is do not run uh violently at the muscly man yeah it's but look kids anyone who's listening don't jump in the ring at a wrestling show you know for numerous reasons but like you probably gonna you, you probably die you'll probably get beaten up by a very big muscly person it doesn't um, seem to happen so much anymore. After this match, we have, yeah, it doesn't, unless you just don't see it. I mean, there's no crowds for the last six months, so that helps. But um, yeah, yeah, even just well, I think like, like if you know, if you take like sporting events as an example, like when I was growing up, streaking was like something that happened on the reg. Like, almost at every cricket match I would go to, there would be someone who would run out on the ground. But now there's, like, um, like it's an $8,000 fine if you run onto the MCG here in Melbourne. That's outrageous. Yeah, but also it stops people from running onto the MCG. So, you know. <laughs> like, I want to see middle-aged men and 22-year-olds running naked across cricket pitches. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, um, especially at cricket, like, especially at a cricket match, you need as much extra entertainment as you can, as you can get, you know? The MCG hates Australian culture. That's what I'm taking from this. <laughs> and you can see, uh, you can, um, 
you can catch up on uh, Matthew's uh, attitudes on that on uh, Death of the Larrikin, uh, now screening on Sky News through Foxtel. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just think PC culture is uh, killing comedy. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, obviously. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, we have the first of um, Mean Gene has so much work to do in this pay-per-view and he does it beautifully like he is the mvp of, to, for me he's the mvp of this uh pay-per-view there's so much exposition that goes through him the, there are moments where he has to remember literally about 15 things at once and does it beautifully like and i was kind of thinking has anyone come close to gene since him as far as that interviewer backstage ring interviewer kind of person no, I think people sort of do like a. They like to pretend that's like you know, like Renee Young was really, really good at it, but she was never, she just didn't have the tenure to be Men Jean. Um, but I think people like to pretend that current people are as synonymous. Like you know, Alex Marvez in fifteen years might be uh, Men Jean, but right now he's just sort of a uncomfortable screen presence. Yeah, he. <laughs> He has not got in front. He has not got comfortable in front of the camera. Um, yeah, Renee was the only person I could think of. Renee had like natural chemistry with the with the wrestlers. Uh, was really natural in front of camera. Was funny herself, but played the straight man in everything. And I think that's kind of what you hmm. like. You need to put the attention onto the wrestler, which I'm not saying like current guys don't do that, but. I don't know. Renee's the only person I can really think of that. I mean, Tony does a bit of it in AEW now, but I just like everything Tony and JR do at AEW. It just feels like they're a bit checked out, you know, especially when you sort of like, because Tony's doing the commentary on this pay per view, and the difference between his commentary on this and in current day AEW is feels like about 15 times more excitement for WCW than AEW. I don't know if I'm... Am I being unfair there? Um, look, I haven't thought directly about how many times more excited, but he is definitely somewhere between 5 and 15 times more excited. Yeah, so he he has an interview with Johnny B. Bad, and I know, like, Matthew, um, you know, he hates Johnny B. Bad. Um, I'm not saying it's because of his Greek background, but, you know, I'll just leave that hanging there. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> Mean Gene... Says that they're going to go out for dinner tonight after the show, and um, they they will have some Greek food, and that Mean Gene is going to sing "Long Tall Sally" at some restaurant in Detroit. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to find reports of this actually happening. <laughs> there was a moment right at the end of this where, me, like Johnny B. Bad, kind of put his head on Mean Gene's shoulder, which I don't think was actually meant to be in the segment, but it showed that there was like a genuine affection between the <laughs> two of them. And I think that, from everything you hear about Mean Gene, that was how almost every single wrestler felt about him, and why these segments all work really well, no matter who he's doing them with. Um, mm. Yeah, like I know I'm putting Mean Gene over a lot on this episode, but he he's in the pay-per-view so much, it's hard not to talk about him. And and also, like, how much of a pivotal sort of player he is with in WCW's, you know, rise as being, well, at, 
around this stage the number one wrestling company in in America. Mm, he definitely gives them credibility. Yeah. Next up, we had Karasawa beating Road Warrior Hawk. I don't have anything to say about this match. Do you have anything you want to bring up from this? I've completely missed this whole storyline of Road Kurosawa breaking Road Warrior Hawk's arms. This is a this is a real like WCW Saturday Night uh, blind spot match. I think. Yeah, it happened. Well, yeah the the se- the segment that they showed was on Saturday Night. So, um, over the next six months or so, that will just that won't happen. It'll it'll mm. all be happening on Nitro. But at the moment, it, there are yeah, there are certain matches where it's like, why are these two wrestling each other? And it's like, oh, it was happening on Saturday night. Um, but even if I was watching Saturday night, I don't know if I would have cared about this feud much. Almost certainly not. <laughs> uh, we get another Mean Gene interview, this time with the Macho Man. Uh, and this is another example of like, I mean, Mean Gene's been doing these interviews with Macho Man for like 10 years by this stage, longer. Um but he says, uh, I've got a man here who's pacing up and down. And you know, you don't know who he's talking about yet. And then Macho Man just starts pacing up and down in front of Mean Gene, <laughs> in between the camera <laughs> and Mean Gene. And they're obviously just like riffing off each other. Uh, you know, they start doing the standard interview and then Macho just out of nowhere is like, is your, <laughs> is your mustache crooked, Gene? Uh, and then Gene's like, well, I could say the same thing about your beard. And then they go off on this like facial hair tangent for a minute. And then Gene has this. They get back on board. Macho Man's a little bit frazzled. Gene has this terrific <laughs> moment where he goes, I'm not going to take personal pot shots at you or anyone else. That's not my nature. I'm a bigger man than that. I don't mind telling you I'm a bigger man. And Macho Man's just like, cool, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, yeah, and the, the, I mean, this interview was essentially Macho Man sort of saying, like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to be the number one contender. Doesn't mean I'm out to get Hulk, but if I have to see him in the ring, you know, I'll beat him. I've done it before. I'll do it again." Um, and this is all sort of playing into this, like, who can the Hulk trust? Which I think is the story that they're trying to be that they're trying to be pushing because I you know talk like I'm from the streets uh, that they've been trying to push, um, but probably haven't done as good a job of this part of the story. Um, they've really sort of pushed in the last week, but weren't really doing it beforehand. Of like, can you know, is one of Hulk's friends going to turn on him? Blah 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 blah. Um, but yeah. Um, next up, we had uh, Sabu uh, beating uh, JL in a pretty good match. Like, I, in- uh, I enjoyed this match. The Sheik came out um, with Sabu, who is his uncle, I think, is the relationship between the two of them. And the Sheik had a sword that Sabu nearly accidentally impales himself on at one stage. Like, in a really, like, whoa, shit, this is mm. not good. <laughs> And I don't know if you noticed, Matthew, but right at the end of the match after Sabu beat JL, uh, the the Sheik um, like threw a fireball <laughs> at JL. Like it was fucking Street Fighter. The, uh, the crowd was not as interested in this match as I was. No, no. No, I noticed that as well. It, we, like later on, there were a lot of empty seats. 
for the main event, which I was going to bring up. But yeah, it's just sort of, it's a weird crowd. There are times where they're really hot, but then there's times where um, they're quite subdued, where I thought they wouldn't have been. But we'll get, I suppose we'll get to that as we as we keep running down the card. Um, it's time for Mean Gene segment number three. And this is what I was alluding to earlier. It's uh, one, it's time for Hulk talk. Two, uh, it's time for Hulk and Eric's uh, payola corner. Uh, <laughs> and this, there's like 12 people on screen. You only recognize three of them, which is Macho Man, Mean Gene, and Jimmy Hart. And Mean Gene, and there's a there's a Harley Davidson in here as well. And it's like a giveaway, but the same store that Eric and <laughs> Hulk have been mentioning for the last six weeks, the uh, Harley Davidson. But the, uh, so like California Customs or something? Is that the name of the yeah, store? Yeah, so, something like that. I can't believe I, don't, I had, didn't write it down, unfortunately, <laughs> despite hearing it about 72 times. No, me either. I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I was just like, I've heard, yeah, I'll remember that. They say it like a hundred times. Um, but essentially they're giving away the Harley Davidson. But Mean Gene has to remember the contestant winner, his wife's name, the owner of the shop, <laughs> his wife's name, what the bike is, what's being given away, also what the storyline concerning the Hulk and Jimmy Hart is, trying to, like, get this motorbike payola involved in the angle somehow, and it all has to be done in three minutes, and he does it. I was just sitting there watching it going, that is a master at work, and he was probably given all of that information about two minutes before they shot that Mm. as well. It was pretty good. He's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, th- this segment was dog shit. The only <laughs> thing that was worth watching is Mean Gene pulling all of these threads together and somehow spinning this, like, straw into gold. Yeah, he's pretty pretty remarkable for a segment like this in particular. Yeah, and I noticed they're, like, doing a lot of backstage stuff, which wasn't, when we first started doing the podcast, that wasn't happening as much. I think they've realised, like, oh, Mean Gene... Mean Gene's one of our best players. Let's play him. You know what I mean? Like, let's use him as much as we can because when he's involved, things are good. Well, he is seriously all over this pay-per-view. So they have, like, they've obviously decided that he's going to earn his paycheck this week. Yeah, but he does. And, and also probably makes the pay-per-view a lot better than it would have been. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this pay-per-view that... You know, at the best of times, you've got to suspend your disbelief with wrestling. But there's a lot of stuff happening here where it's like, Jesus, this is this is pretty dodgy, even <laughs> for wrestling storylines. Mm. People like himself and Bobby really lend weight to it. Um, but yeah, that, so that uh, that Harley Davidson is given away, um, and essentially Hulk. I I hope you would have noticed this that he like has like he's now said for the fourth time the fourth week in a row that he is going to kill the giant and bury him next to his dad in Detroit. And I mean, given what's coming up, he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, Lex Luger beats uh, Meng in a, in a match that went way longer than I thought it would be. It was about a fifteen minute match. It wasn't awful but not great i mean lex luger's involved so i as i was watching this i was like i can't believe wcw survived long enough to get to the outsiders 
Like, this is so bad. I really hated this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lex Luger's just, yeah. And also, like, they've got Meng in that uh, cape, like, cow and cape thing again that's just... Yeah. Anyway, um, there is a slight sort of storyline twist here where Meng has Lex uh, Luger cold uh, and the Taskmaster gets in and... and make sure that Meng doesn't get the pin, um, which is kind of telegraphing what happens later on in the pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, like, because there, there has been, like, for a while now, like, is Lex part of the Dungeon of Doom sort of thing? Mm. But it's been very sort of nuanced in the way that they've tried to, like, get it across. But this was, like, a big slap in the face. of like, hey, Lex Luger's going to turn heel on this pay-per-view. <laughs> yep. They, I don't think they really, they, they sort of mentioned it multiple times, but they didn't sort of show, they just told. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got another Mean Gene interview, uh, this time with the Giant. This is some old school Andre and Mean Gene stuff happening here. Uh, mean, uh, mean Gene asks the question, the Giant grabs uh mean gene's tiny little hand with the microphone in it uh and then mean gene does some great physical stuff here uh of like uh while the giant is essentially crushing his hand while he's got the microphone in his hand and he does you know <laughs> his giant like i'm gonna kill you hulk hogan blah, 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 blah. um but again, it was just like, the, at this stage, I'm like, the only parts that I'm enjoying of this pay-per-view is Mean Gene out the back, you know? Like, I would, I, you could cut all the matches out and just have like a 30-minute pay-per-view of Mean Gene's <laughs> interviews and I would have been happy. Uh, and then um, things started to get interesting. We had the Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman uh, versus Sting and Ric Flair match. And uh, at the beginning of the pay-per-view, we were told that Arn Anderson <clears throat> and Brian Pillman had beaten down uh, Ric Flair um, and uh, it was looking very unlikely that he would be able to compete tonight. Sting was still on his way to the stadium, so didn't know anything about this. Um, Bobby the Brain kind of, while this whole storyline has been going on, because there's been a lot of things that have happened where Sting hasn't been around or hasn't been aware and Bobby the Brain keeps making jokes of, like, how are they not in the same locker room together? You know, like, <laughs> just picking holes in the storyline. <laughs> um, so Sting goes out there like the big giant baby face that he is and essentially has a handicap match against Arn and Brian Pillman for 10 minutes, which I really enjoyed this. This was some, some good wrestling. Uh, and then... <laughs> Is 1995, like, sort of mid-late 90s Ric Flair, the craziest Ric Flair? I, I think that's something we should maintain a, uh, a watch on, an update, yeah, uh, listeners, as we go so through. When he comes to the ring, he has a bandage on his forehead. He's wearing a Rolex, because of course he is, it's Ric Flair, and, um, and a pair of chinos with some alligators, you know? <laughs> why so i assume that's meant to represent that like he's just woken up from the beating that he got doesn't have a shirt on or he's taken his shirt off because we don't we know the wrestlers can't <laughs> wrestle in a shirt that's like first rule of wrestling um but surely like he could have just jumped in his trunks real quick 
No, I think he it was it was urgent that he get out there. <laughs> anyway, the build up of this match is Sting uh, trying to get the hot tag to Rick, which eventually he does, and Rick turns on Sting immediately. Oh my god, I did not see this coming at all. That is severe sarcasm dripping from every inch of my tongue. So I was uh, totally surprised about this heel turn uh, that had been coming for four weeks at least. <laughs> Is there any what uh, what stood out to you in the which was like this was for me I think this was fun and good but it was very obvious that Rick was going to turn on Sting at some point. What do you think? This is one of my all time favorite like things in wrestling, which is just having a convoluted uh, trickery involved into like the Four Horsemen didn't need to have six different matches against each other. Uh, to get to the point where Sting was in the ring. Like, they could have just jumped Sting. He's in the back with them. They could have run out while he was having a match. They could have challenged him to a match. But instead, they've used their brains and fought each other in cages and in blood feuds and, like, tore each other apart in promos, all to trick Sting. Yeah. Well, uh, Skiavone says that after the match. It's like, so has all of this been to lure Sting in? And also, like, if you're why why do they have to why do they have to beat Sting down to announce the reformation of the Horsemen? Like, surely they could just come out. I would also suggest that it it makes Sting look so stupid because he's like, ah, oh, look, this guy is called the dirtiest player in the game, and this is his oldest friend, but I'm gonna trust him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, babyface is that is the that's the inherent danger of booking and wrestling, right? Is that you try to protect the babyface from not looking like a dick, and you you want them to look smarter than the heel. Although, if the heel isn't, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose you can do it a number of different ways, but it's always very hard to not have the, re- the at least have the face look gullible in these situations. You know, where like the it's the same thing in comic books where like. You know, the Joker will be like, I've changed my ways, Batman. And Batman will be like, mm, I know I shouldn't trust him, but I want to <laughs> see the good in everyone. You're like, no, Batman, no. It's a trick, obviously. Um, This was that, <laughs> like 100%. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to get some Horseman versus Ric Flair. Uh, sorry, some Horseman versus Sting stuff and i'm down with that i'm actually warming to um pre-crow sting a little bit i know you're not a huge fan i'm not uh, i am not warming to pre-crow sting i maintain my stance (laughs) (laughs) i can see i can see as much as i like stupid idiots i'm uh (laughs) (laughs) um I can see why he is a yeah. I can see why he's a star, right? Like he's kind of I don't know. He's like a cross between Warrior and Hogan, and I don't know. He's got a touch of his own stuff in there. I mean, like Crow Sting is way better, but I yeah. I don't know. I don't mind him. He's definitely fits somewhere between Hulk Hogan and Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> yeah, the middle of the car, like you know. That's why he's got the United States Championship. <laughs> Do you notice how little they talk about championships in WCW at the moment as well? Like, there's just no talk about it at all. 
Ex- except for the heavyweight title and the promo coming up now with Lex Luger, which is amazing. Yeah. So uh, there's an interview with Lex Luger, and the only notes that I've got here is because I kind of tune out as soon as he starts talking is um, uh, Lex Luger cuts a promo where he forgets the name of WCW. <laughs> he also claims that he's going to defeat Macho Man in his quest to become the best wrestler ever. And I was like, yeah. Mm. If that was What's what Lex good- Luger was going for, then he's 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 done a Ric Flair trickery job. <laughs> it's good to set goals, you know, even if they are unattainable. That's true. <laughs> You're right. You've turned uh, me around on Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's a plucky little, you know. He's one of Howard's battlers. Um now, so there's a leader video package or lead-in video package to the Monster Truck Sumo match uh, where we cut to the, the roof and we get told the rules. Oh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening here and I, I, I couldn't take enough notes. I was kind of like, I hope Matt has like picked up on the stuff that I've that slipped through to the keeper for me. Um, we get we cut to the commentary desk and the guy who's made Hulkster's Monster Truck is on the desk to give us some you know specs about the trucks and stuff, which I actually thought was kind of a cool little <laughs> thing. Like, like it was building up these trucks. It's like, oh, it's got, you know, a million horsepower and, like, it doesn't run on petrol. It runs on fucking, you know, lightning. And, uh, like, <laughs> it was like they were really building up these these trucks. And for someone who doesn't drive, has never had a car, has no interest in motorsport, I was like, this is pretty cool. Well, they really hyped up the fact that one of the competitors or both of the competitors may die. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Like, but I was I would I say they're not so much this. sold uh, the trucks as they sold the potential of death. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so when we get back up to the roof, there is uh, the Hulk and Giant are standing outside of their monster trucks. We've got people holding them apart because they want to kill each other so bad. And then there's, I'm not sure if he's a professional uh, monster truck sumo wrestling referee, but he's laying down the rules and he's saying that uh, if you push the other truck out of the big giant sumo ring, you win. You have to get uh, all four pistons. No, is that right? No. What what are the things that have the wheels on it? Uh, uh, anyway, wheels. You've got to get axles? all the wheels. Axles, that's it. The wheels. Um, you've got to... <laughs> Get all I like video games. You gotta have all the wheels out of the out of the circle. Uh and also he just slip, like casually slips in. Also there's a couple of uh detonator charges in there as well. Anyway, guys, have a good clean match. And then uh, <laughs> Eric Bischoff is like, and there's detonator charges in there? Which I was also reacting in the exact same way of like, why is that necessary? <laughs> It makes no sense, and it's fantastic. And also, like, <laughs> I the, loved it. as I watched I this, I, I just, like, I was like, how did this happen? Like, there must be an incredible behind-the-scenes story because it doesn't fit the characters at all. Like, it doesn't fit, like, the Plan 9 from Out of Space, Ed Wood, like, Giant and his Dungeon of Doom. It's not like, their trucks are monsters too. 
I guess I guess it sort of is mm. that. But um it it yeah, doesn't make of. any sense and it's it's never been done in wrestling before. It will never be done in wrestling again, I believe. And here we are. We're finally here. Um it yeah, it is a I I would really like to hear Eric talk about I'm sure he probably has on 83 weeks. I haven't listened to every episode of 83 weeks, so um, and I do really like listening when Eric like cuts through all the bullshit and talks about booking. I think he might be the most interesting guy yeah. in wrestling. Like it, he really breaks down. I mean, one, he's a very intelligent guy. Two, he's very entertaining. So it's very easy to listen to him talk about you know the sort of politics and nuances and and like I don't know. He he can t- he can take what could potentially be very boring stories and turn them into interesting stories. But how this match even was thought up of, let alone put into <laughs> practice, um, is would be a fascinating story. The only thing while I was watching this, because they they've got they've got helicopter wide shots. Like it's a huge amount of effort has been put into this. Like it's you know it kind of reeks a little bit of a kid who's been given access to a billionaire's checkbook and is like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. You know, like, <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go big, you know? Um, we have fucking monster trucks on the top of a basketball stadium. There's going to be a helicopter filming it. There'll be, you know, detonation charges going off. <laughs> um, and you know what, man? I don't know if like, I'm a weirdo or whatever, but I actually enjoyed the match part of it. Like I was enjoying watching these trucks like just shove each other around. I know it was all sort of choreographed like a wrestling match, but I was into it. You're a uh, secret petrol head. (laughs) Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe I am. I don't want to explore that part of my personality. They can, they can stay in the closet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hulk Hogan gets the win because, of course, he does. Um, the Giant is very upset about this. He gets out of his truck uh, and basically starts chasing Hulk Hogan towards the edge of the roof. Um, you can tell it's 1995 because there are no no safety rails, no warning signs, no don't go near the edge of the roof, just nothing. It's just like, yeah, well, if you want to go up on the roof, you fall off too bad. Um, they have a tussle where I didn't think they did too bad of job of them ending both ending up on the ledge and it not looking completely ridiculous. Like it didn't look super great, but it wasn't too bad. It looked um, pretty ridiculous. I don't think I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse in wrestling matches of like, you know, people, you know, pushing someone up. like whenever, the, whenever scaffolding's involved, for example, you know, where people That's, are like yes. trying to fight each other on a scaffold or whatever, <laughs> like it's nowhere near as bad as that. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, but to cut a long story short, uh, the Giants got Hulk uh, by the throat because it's the Giant. Uh, Hulk manages to uh, break away from that hold, and in doing so, basically puts the Giant off balance, and the Giant uh, falls from a five-story building. Uh, Hulk looks horrified runs off for help uh and then we cut down to the commentary team where <laughs> bobby the brain heenan does some of the uh most outrageous overacting i've ever seen in my whole entire life um 
But also I think it might have in the end kind of been a little bit nuanced because it feels like the brain is involved in this somehow. I mean, Hulk Hogan just murdered a man live on pay-per-view that he's been, and not like you can't even say it was accidental because Hulk Hogan has been threatening to murder this man for five weeks. (laughs) I know, right? Like you're just like, well, (laughs) he did say he was going to do it. Is he now going to like collect the body and bury it next to Andre? Well, that's what he was. That's what he kept threatening to do. So, you know, um, while all of this commotion is going on, we cut to the ring, and uh, you know the show must go on, even though a guy has died. Um, although, if it was WWF, I mean, like for real, that's happened. Yeah, so, I was about to say um, about a year Lex later, Luger, uh, uh, it really happened. So, it's it's a bit less uh, of a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but look, we're in the magical world of WCW. We don't have to worry about that stuff. And um, uh, so Lex Luger and Macho Man are going to fight because they've both won their preliminary matches before. Remember how there was like this preliminary match type thing (laughs) happening for the number one contendership? Well, that's happening. But the commentators aren't paying any attention to that. They're only talking about the fact that someone has died, which is probably fair enough. Um, In the end, uh, Jimmy Hart comes out to... This is a part where I don't understand, especially considering what happens later on in the pay-per-view. Jimmy Hart runs down, distracts the referee, costing Lex Luger this match. Um, Macho Man gets gets back up, hits the flying elbow, gets the win. Um, Thank God. And is now essentially the number one contender? I believe so. Um. And then it cuts back to Brian and and uh, Brian the brain and uh, Skiavone, and they're still carrying on about the the giant. And the brain actually brings up a good kayfabe point of like he was good friends with Andre the Giant, who is the giant's dad, and so that's why he's so upset. And then Skiavone goes, "Well, for anyone who didn't see it, let's watch it again." <laughs> <laughs> and they cut to a replay of the giant <laughs> falling off the roof. <laughs> falling is not how I would put it. Being pushed off with intent. You well, look, you're in the you're in league with the Dungeon of Doom and Bobby the Brain Hayden, so we all know you know we all know you're the heel on this podcast. I just thought if that it, was one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in wrestling with Bobby like lays his heart on the line to Tony because Tony's like, will you just relax? And Bobby's like, he's like, I was good friends with his father. I traveled with his father for years. And now it looks like his son has probably died. And that's why I'm so upset. And you just sit there like you don't care. And Tony's like, well, I do care. He's like, well, it doesn't seem like you care. And he's like, well, I do care. And for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, let's cut back to the replay. Just completely, <laughs> just no, no feelings for what Bobby's just said to him at all. Just cold as ice. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and then we come to the. Do you do you have anything that you want to add about all of this? I mean, there's kind of I've sort of been all over the place, but the pay per view's kind of been all over the place. Yeah, it's not your fault. Uh, for for listeners who might think of this as a disjointed listening experience, it was a disjointed watching experience as well. 
Yeah, like I'm actually following the notes that I wrote down beat for beat as I was watching the pay-per-view. So, like, <laughs> I'm sorry if it's a little like, what is he talking about? Um, this is what happened. Um, yeah, so now we're, we're at the main event. The commentators don't know if this match is going to happen or not because as far as everyone is kind of concerned, the giant has died. Eric Bischoff has run off. They're trying to make it look like they didn't, think that this was going to happen uh, almost like to the point where Hulk Hogan comes out he tells uh, the guys in the van to cut his music and starts apologizing for what happened I mean it's not very believable but they are trying to they're trying to you know kayfabe push this point of like oh fuck the giant died um <laughs> Hulk gets like six or seven words into his apology and the giants or the dungeon of dooms music hits <clears throat> and the giant comes out. Um, so he's back from the depths of the... Having changed clothes. Well, he probably, you know, he fell in the river, right? Like this is this will be the explanation for it or is it just never explained? Well, they did say that he fell into Lake Michigan, but Lake Michigan is on the other side of Detroit from Cobo Arena. So I'm assuming he fell in the Detroit River um, and yeah. then had to change clothes because you don't want to go to the ring wet unless you're Roman Reigns or Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hulk gets out of the ring because he's just so shocked. The giant is like, "Come on, get in the ring. We're going to match to to <laughs> to do." Uh, Hulk looks like he's seen a ghost. Hulk he- does not look happy. Yeah, he does not look happy that the man he murdered is alive. Uh, you putting words into my mouth. That's not what. That's not what I said. <laughs> look, he he. Uh, <laughs> kayfabe wise he takes his uh, bandana off and he's got the exact same face paint on as Kevin Scull- uh, Sullivan because he now walks through the valley of darkness of kayfabe <laughs> good to have him here yeah I thought you'd be happy to have him and uh, <laughs> the match goes for a while the giant is basically on top you know, um, well, he gets on top so Hulk can do his Hulk out and, you know, get the crowd to pop. But I I don't, I don't know whether the crowd was very confused, which they had every right to be, but it just didn't feel like they were popping as hard for the Hulk as maybe they had been on previous episodes. It may be because of the absolutely repugnantly bad creative and the giant man just performing with grip-based offense. Like, there's a lot of grabbing in the Giants' offense and not a lot of offense. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, like, uh, Andre and Hulk had done that for, like, five years and made so much money. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Andre I don't know, was a just... little bit more uh, experienced and well-known than his son, who this is his first wrestling match. <laughs> it is his first wrestling match, yeah. Um. Yeah, so Hogan has a, a final comeback. <clears throat> he is about to get the pin, and then out of nowhere, Jimmy Hart, with the heavyweight belt, hits the referee across the back of the head, uh, then jumps in the ring, tries to hit Hulk with the belt. Now, bear with me. I've, like, I've got notes here, but so much happens in the next two minutes. I'm probably going to miss stuff out. So if you notice that I've missed stuff, Matt, like please... You know, if you can be a sweeper for me, that'd be great. Um, so <laughs> Hulk, yeah. So Jimmy Hart hits the ref, then hits Hulk. Um, Hulk, uh, 
Jimmy gets out of the ring. This allows the giant to get back up. The giant attacks um, Hulk Hogan while Hulk's looking at Jimmy Hart like, what are you? What have you done? Jimmy Hart then signals to the back for people to come down. Macho Man and Lex Luger run down at the same time, which when you see what happens in the ring makes no sense whatsoever. When <laughs> uh, Are guys from the Dungeon of Doom there as yet either? They're not, are they? Kevin Sullivan's already yeah, out there. They're about to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So Macho Man and Lex Luger run into the ring. They immediately, the Dungeon of Doom guys immediately attack Macho Man. Hulk Hogan's on the canvas as well. Um, they don't attack Lex Luger and Lex Luger attacks Hulk Hogan. So it's official that he has like turned heel. Uh, right behind, mind you, so while this is going on, right behind <laughs> Macho Man and Lex... Remember the Yeti from Nitro during the week that was just sitting in an ice block uh, and burst out <laughs> um, right at the end of the episode? Well, he's here as well for some reason. And he comes down while the giant has Hulk Hogan in a giant bear hug. He goes over Trent and Chucky style and hugs both of them in what I assume is meant to be a bear hug, uh, which renders Hulk lifeless again. Um Lex then... Uh, this is a uh, very, very questionable looking bear hug, I would say. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm not pro uh, hug-based offense, is my, <laughs> is my stance. <laughs> That's being added to your intro. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Lex then puts Hulk in the rack, which is pretty impressive seeing that Hulk is massive um it's the first thing lex has done since we've started this podcast right i'm like hmm, that's impressive um they take hulk's belt uh the giant puts it on the dungeon of doom all stand tall in the ring um and that's pretty much the end of the pay-per-view you see like it cuts back to the commentators they talk about how shocked they are that everything's happened they show some shots of like macho man and hulk hogan getting out of the ring very gingerly Sort of harping on the fact of like Macho Man is the only person that uh, Hulk can trust, um, and then that's the end of this pay per view. <laughs> I uh, I can't believe that Lex Luger's joined my favorite faction, and I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm hoping yeah. it's short lived and that the Dungeon of Doom go back to their heights without him, but I'm concerned. um yeah i was i was very interested to hear what you thought of that um it was it was one of the most insane clusterfucks i've ever seen it was great i loved it yeah i mean i love it as well but it and i know i use this reference a lot but i it just remind like i studied drama in high school and everyone is bad at it right because even if people went on to be good at it they, they're learning they don't know how to do it and a lot of it is like uh improvised it's like improvised drama sports and stuff it's like oh here's the scenario acted out and that's what this feels like there's the last 20 minutes of this is like you know and i they must have been working towards it for months because they've been promoing these matches and like, you know, the Yeti and Dungeon of Doom and blah, blah. But so it feels like they've had a plan for months. 
But then in practice, it looks like a high school drama exercise. <laughs> it's a... Uh... It is a good argument because, you know, people constantly go at WWE for having too much of a creative staff and too many writers and the writers are the problem, the writers are the problem, and maybe the structure of it is a problem. But also having uh, no creative staff is also problematic and, you know, having 10 people who are not very uh, good actors be told to go out and, you know, play theatre sports for 20 minutes is is bad to watch. Um yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why like um the importance of someone like a, you know, I'll leave off where I started. The importance of someone like a Mean Gene anchoring stories and keeping things on point is really important, you know? Like when that when that anchor doesn't exist, it just flies off in every direction. But but having said that as well, I actually really enjoyed watching this and it reminded me of a time where things weren't so structured and streamlined and kind of like, um, I don't know, like, I mean, you know, AEW and NWA kind of fill that void for me now, but, um, you know, in particular, WWE's booking, just like, oh, this feels so sort of sanitized and safe compared to this, which, yeah, of course, I mean, people make fun of the Yeti and the uh, the monster truck match and stuff, but I would prefer to see a company, like, swinging for the fences and having a few misses rather than just doing what's safe every week. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think that uh, the Yeti... Is should be primed for a comeback in WWE in 2020. I think that's exactly what you're saying, and I think that's what should happen. The Yeti should be the leader of retribution. <laughs> more hugs, more of the time. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to hug people, you know? It's, he's been frozen for a long time. He's just a big, friendly guy. <laughs> um, all right, we can leave that. There, that uh, man, Halloween Havoc. Um, oh, the the other thing that got announced during this pay per view is World War Three. Uh, is the next pay per view three rings, sixty competitors. Uh, you can take your Royal Rumble and shove it up your ass because WCW are going big, and uh, <laughs> and I can't wait to see. I I have actually watched this pay per view a couple of times before because every time I see it, I'm like, what's that like? Um, it's it's pretty amazing. So we've got some special stuff to look forward to as well. Um, but in the meantime, we've got our weekly Nitro show. Um, which uh, there will be an episode dropping tomorrow. If you subscribe to us, you can all of them will be in your feed. Um, or you can watch slash listen to them on YouTube. Um, we're on everything. We're on Spotify. We're on like Amazon. We're on uh, like you can listen to us through Amazon, like Audible now as well. Um, uh, there is literally not a platform on earth that we're not on. So um, you've got no excuses to tell your friends to listen to it. Uh, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Rate and review. Tell your friends. Um, keep doing what you're doing because we've got more people listening all the time. Um, but unless you've got anything to to add matt we can probably wrap it up there nope i think i'm uh all good to all good to go on this one all right uh and until next time pepe's dead. <laughs> <laughs>